Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. And today we get to have a second part of our time with Bishop Daniel. We're excited to share with him again, and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Educational's Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I'm Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Educational's Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for E equals H in Ecuador as well. Um, Jorge de Luis, why does Educational Equals Hope exist? E equals H exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And why do we do this Hopecast? We do this Hopecast with the hope of... Um, keep our dear listeners, fr- friends all over the world, and supporters informed as to what is happening with Equal Sage in Ecuador. Because we can't do it alone. We can't do it without you. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Absolutely. Today, we get to welcome back the Bishop of Upper South Carolina. Woohoo! Hello, Bishop Daniel. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> he has become bilingual in the uh, five days he's been here. That is one of my 14 words in Spanish I know. And he only knew 12 when he came. (laughs) And now he knows some Swahili. Huge progress. (laughs) Jumbo. Jumbo. Jumbo sana. Is that right? Yes, Jumbo sana. Good job. Um, uh, Bishop Ben has been teaching us some Swahili while he's been here, too. Um, Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being willing to be with us again. And you ready? I'm ready when you are. <laughs> <laughs> the question this this week is, what, in your role and position, what does it mean for you to have this connection to Ecuador to equals H? So our diocese has been involved a long time, which I'm going to ask some questions about later. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we have had a long relationship with the equals H. And one of the things that you learn very quickly as a bishop is, you see the diocese as a whole in a way that a few clergy and a few lay people get to, but it really does, there's a perspective that comes with the job. And as I've traveled around, I've just heard story after story and seen example after example of people who've come on short-term missions or been a part of E equals H who have been transformed by that. And so it's it's that kind of work that then creates disciples who go back into the diocese who are now working in churches and who are now doing incredible ministries that they have started out of being inspired from being here. And, and, it, and it also transforms the way that you relate to the culture and the world around you. Part of being a Christian is to be not of this world. And it's easy to be so enculturated that you don't realize that you're living out the culture that you're in until you experience it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes the folks who have been on short-term missions, of course not always, but many times, at least in our diocese, we have seen really people's lives transformed and the way they live with their communities, the way they, they do missions work, the way they do outreach is transformed by the fact that they've been here and had this profound experience. And what is so fun in that is that it's it is that reciprocal partnership and the fact that it's this is not glorified tourism to make the diocese of Upper South Carolina better. What you guys do actually makes lives better here and those micro scholarships and getting to be in people's lives and having them um, having the poverty of condition 
um, alleviated in some degree and have that poverty of being, having people walk alongside, then we've we've had several podcasts about these terms. So um, Bishop Daniel's looking at me like, does everyone know what you're talking about? Yes. <laughs> um, the having that poverty of being, uh, it has so much to do with feeling known, heard, loved, and understood ultimately by God, and that comes through other people. And so get, to get to see it work on both sides uh, is just such a, go- a joy. Um, and But obviously from your perspective, what you get to see is the fruit back in the United States. That's right. Um, and Bishop Daniel has completely destroyed our model of pre-field, on-field, and post-field. He's decided to rewrite that. What would uh, would you like to share your new model, or would you like me I, to say that? The first two parts are great. I, I really do believe in pre-field work. I've done short-term missions work throughout my ministry, both in the states and also um, overseas. I don't know if you really count Belize as overseas, but it, over borders, over borders, <laughs> the cross-cultural. There you go. Um, I really do believe that the pre-field work is so important because we have all. If you don't know about it, it doesn't take much to imagine what it's like for someone from a privileged place to come into another culture and then act out their privilege, even subconsciously. The the sort of bad American model that we often talk about in the States when we travel. Um, and and yet it's – so the pre-field work is so important, and yet it's – the on-field work is, is really vital work. We. When you're here with the Equals H, you're actually involved in the real lives of people who are who do have real needs. And But part of what we've talked about while we've been here and what teams talk about while they're here is that alleviating the uh, sort of crisis moment of being without food or being without um, money for some part of their education, while that's a key beginning place, deepening into that place where we're actually addressing the poverty of really a being of agency is amazing and beginning to see other people in ways that I'm not just throwing food at you. I'm not just keeping you at arm's length from my superior position, which much charity work all over the world, even in your own church, can be really reinforcing of the distinctions that we live with between us in the lie of the world. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to live in the love of Christ and I'm going to see you as a human being who should be living into fullness of dignity, I'm going to do everything I can to create even structures in our charity that lift up your agency and dignity. So I love the fact that E equals H works really hard to let the parents make the decisions about their children's schooling and then provide where there's gaps. Mm-hmm. Right, as opposed to simply going, your child should go here because we think that's best. We think they should have this because we think that's best, which just reinforces the the poverty of self, the poverty of agency. Mm-hmm. But also, um, for me, coming in, thinking about teams coming in the future and teams that have been here, for me, that's the I hate post field because you're never off the field. I mean, I even say about liturgy, if you're on the field, you're in the game. If you are a Christian who is living in the world, you are an ambassador of the reign of God upon the earth. You are never off the field. The question is, are you aware that you're on the field? You don't need to be saying, put me in, coach. Yeah, right. you're, you're already in. in. 
And, and so when you come home from this kind of work, there's a whole process and there's a great emotional model for what people go through and how they don't integrate or possibly integrate or struggle to integrate the experience that they've had. Uh, uh, part of why she's saying I mess with the model was I want to say it's like not post field, it's new field. It's mm-hmm. like hopefully your eyes are awakened to the fact that you're bringing Christ as host into the world that you live in, into Columbia, South Carolina, or Greenfield, Greenville, or Spartanburg, and creating that space and that awareness so that you can become aware and then go home with that. It isn't just about integrating what you've experienced. It's living that experience now in the new place and and maybe even asking some of the same questions. Mm -hmm. How can I do good for others that lifts them up, that gives them agency, that that allows me to live in a way that is always kneeling before the children of God. Because I, I think one of the profound changes for me in my life was realizing that the people around me were created to be the children of God and that, that if I walk around without that awareness, I can talk about the kingdom all I want, but I never see it. Mm. Because the kingdom is the children of God all around us. And that's part of what's been so amazing about being here is watching people who really get it in the work, making that real in the work in creative and interesting ways. Mm. Thank you. Um, I think we'll... We might have to do some reworking of uh, some of the orientations because that concept of pre-field, on-field, new field. Roberta and I used to talk about um, how you you can never go back home because you're different and it's a, right. and they're different. And how do you how do you go forward home? But that's just clumsy. And I think new field. I think we can I think we can work that that into the model. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really good at finding clever ways to say other people's good ideas. Okay. <laughs> Good job. We all need yeah. spiritual gifts. So yeah, absolutely. Very. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm finally here. But I have questions. So I feel nervous. <laughs> you can ask them. The bishop's going to ask questions. Do you think I should bring up the cats? Uh, probably <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. it would be fun. I mean, of course, we actually didn't realize of how important cats were for this ministry. Until that, just this morning. And I've always lived with the idea, I probably still have it somewhere inside me, this latent notion that cats are on the other team, you know? <laughs> and yet I learned uh, from the story that cats can actually be a tool in the hand of God to wake up somewhere. They are a blessing to this life direct from the throne of heaven. I just I just want to say that. Okay, so prove it to me what, what happened with your cat. <laughs> Um, so as this morning, we were talking about, uh, privilege and we've shared the micro privilege, uh, kind of chit chat we have orientation that we have on here and talking about, uh, all the things that we kind of take for granted, uh, in our lives or, or whatnot. And someone this morning, uh, added to that list of, you know, running water and hot water and sheets in their bed. They added the list of, added to the list pets to have the money 
to buy dog food or or cat food or cat food um, for pets that are are part of your life. That's that's kind of an extra gift, a yappa. And um, I allowed. I hadn't. I didn't realize that I had never told this story before. <laughs> but that's actually how Equals H started. Is that my roommate Alyssa and I? And this is you know two thousand and three. Yeah, three and four in there. Uh, we got two cats from Roberto's grandmother, <laughs> but he wasn't even a boyfriend at that point. He was just, <laughs> he was, just, he was just the provider of the grandmother who had the cats. And, uh, but it felt really odd to be spending $11 per cat food bag for cats instead of for humans. And so we kind of agreed between the two of us that every time we bought cat food, we spent $11 on that. We'd put $11 in a jar. And so we had this jar of, of cash on top of the refrigerator. And so when Laura Farinango was talking about um, how she needed $22 a month to go to her accelerated program, uh, Alyssa and I both knew that we had $33 <laughs> sitting in the cat food jar and that it, this was an automatic yes. So cats can be a tool of the divine, of the most high God. That is how cats are connected. Bishop Daniel, you have lots of things to say. Please share with us. My mind is blown. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I, I'm just curious, how, how did that grow into E equals H? You were working, obviously you were in Ecuador at the time. Yes, God had already hit me over the head with a two by four that said Ecuador on it. And I'd been obedient after two and a half years of dragging my feet. And I was here. And where was your ministry site at the time? Um, at that time in youth world, uh, no one would give me a job description. <laughs> so I just kind of made up what I, I knew what I had come to do. And I knew, and that was to do youth ministry and youth ministry training more than youth ministry itself. Because uh, as Roberta will um, attest, my Spanish, I could have a conversation, but you had to want to hold that conversation with me. Which apparently he did. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> Still going on. <laughs> um, but so in, in youth world, I, I, I worked as part of Arafugio. I worked as part of the La Red Training Equipping. I was part of something called International Ministries, helping Russ Klein dream internationally. And I was hosting teams for KetoQuest, which is how I met Laura Farinango. And in the middle of all of that, I knew that, that youth ministry was my passion and that social justice was my passion, and I didn't know how they went together. And then all of a sudden I found them them combined in short-term teams. And um, just the way that God has made me, I love meeting new people. I love sharing the context, and I love pointing out God's fingerprints of, of what someone else might walk straight by. And you get to say, oh, no, wait, look, this is actually uh, artwork from the divine, and let's stop and, and appreciate it. So those things all came together. And that's what I was doing and when my cats were eating food. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you and Roberto are obviously still in conversation with each other. It's true. We, um, we do converse regularly. We dated for three years and have been married for 16. And have a couple of kids. And we have three fantastic children who I love and want to strangle periodically, but mostly love. They really are amazing kids. <laughs> and... This ministry has grown into new and interesting ways and is connected now through, um, well, I'm going to say it proudly, the Episcopal Church is involved through SAMS, our mission-sending organization. We still do 
world missions and missionary work and very proud of the work and the involvement of Sam's and they've been very good to the Vivancos. Very, very good. Yay. Yay, Sam's. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> Thank and, you, Nita. And their work Dana, gets channeled Julie. through E equals H into not youth world. Right. Well, we started the, it, it was actually just the Vivanco scholarship program it was a line item in Sam's because uh, this was a hobby ministry. It just was, if you want to support a kid, you came down on a team. I was directing the Keto Quest program. If you wanted to help, then just send it to Sam's. And then it got so big, Sam's was like, Dana Priest was like, uh, I'm, you're going to need to find a new home for this. We, half of the checks that are coming in are for you, and we're not taking any percentage of this. So someone needs to pay my salary. You need to go find a new home for this program. <laughs> and where did that land? Um, that landed with Chip Smith. Do you know Chip? I have spent a little bit of time with Chip. <laughs> and... He he brought the amazing idea after a Curcio weekend. Uh, shout out to the Curciistas who are who are on the podcast who've had that experience of God's love in their life. Mm-hmm. He came out of that weekend and was like, "I'm going to do something," and got in touch with you. And so he and his wife had been uh, supporters of of us just as missionaries or workers or whatever word um, sounds good there. Uh, they had been a part of it, and he came down. I love to tease him about this. He came down on a on a vision team with bishops. There were lots of bishops on that team. Bishop Henderson was here, Bishop Skilton. And he walked up to me after the first orientation the first night, and he said, but why? Why do all of this? Isn't it, isn't it better just to send the money? I was like, hold on to that question. <laughs> That's a very good question, and there are circumstances in which it is better just to send the money. But if you will allow God to work in you and through you uh, because of short-term mission, because of this experience, then it could just be a small investment for what God might do in you or through you in the future. And thank God that was accurate. Yeah, he's. It, I don't want to say anything nice about Chip, but his... Didn't you get some sort of disease? <laughs> we, we have had a lot of running jokes while I've been here. Um, I'm trying to convince him that his name in Spanish would translate into La Tostada, but Mm -hmm. that it has not gone over. So he's still Chip. Uh, But Chip is, um, he sort of brought the business end of making this sort of really functional business-wise so that as a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. it has such great clarity and you know where the money you're giving goes, which is really important. But also he brings that enthusiasm for the work that then is infectious and brings new people and brings new people involved so that the model of E equals H and the model of funding that they've created is going around the world. And so that's why Ben is here from from Kenya mm-hmm. and why Joyce is here from Haiti, um, using the model of funding so that local work can be done in ways that are controlled by local people. I mean, that's amazing. And... God's a lot smarter than we are. We, we, we couldn't have designed this on a whiteboard, but it's been incredible to f- just follow the steps and see how God leads. And in the diocese, um, part of what have we have benefited from is obviously the teams coming and coming back into the new field in the diocese. And I think part of it is recognizing that the work that we do here is transformative for the people that are here, but it also transforms us. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how this work has transformed you. Oh, well. Um, 
in every way that I can imagine is the short answer. Um, when I was in training, missionary training back in 2000, uh, we had a class on cultural adaption or adaptation or how to adapt to your culture or the right way to say that in English. And uh, the man who was uh, sharing that said, actually, I feel kind of bad sending you guys out because once, once you know what you're going to know, you don't ever come home. You can't ever fit in again. And as a very naive and Pollyanna and really excited 27-year-old, I was like, okay, great. Sign me up. I'm, what, I'm in for whatever. Um, and here we are 23 years past that. And he was right. And it's hard. And it is um, beautiful and phenomenal to get to see God move in these ways to get to see people's lives transformed, to know that your existence has bettered the life of somebody else. That is really powerful and fulfilling, and it's really hard. When you go, I'm trying to use your new vocabulary, like when I go new home or old home, I don't know which home I'm going to. Um, it's the same wonderful, wonderful people that I left and who I love deeply and who I'm so privileged and grateful to say love me deeply and love me well. And there's a little part of my, my heart and my brain that just never fits in again. So it's hard to know where, where you belong. Yeah. So there's an honest answer for you. That's true. And she had to learn Spanish so that she could get married to Roberto. It's true. <laughs> and I think part of my hope for, for anyone who is a follower of Jesus is that they would have an experience that so transforms them that the pain of the world enters their heart, mm. not so that it is destructive, but so that it begins, you begin to be a part of the great tikkun, the great healing of the world, um, in preparing all of us for the day when Christ will come. And can and I that, ask you about the second coming at some point? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you might have, you might have more luck asking me how many Spanish words I know. Um, I think there's just a profound sense of that as we do this work in the world, that we become a part of like the breath of God breathing in creation mm. And in some ways, it's like, it is really beautiful. I wish you could hear the testimonies of people who will just sort of, by the way, I, for 20 years, have benefited from these scholarships. And I went to elementary school, and I got to go to high school and prepare for the exam to go into university. And now I'm a nurse, or now I'm a... And I, we've been hearing these stories all week. And they, by the way, this has transformed my whole life. And now I'm a part of this, and I'm leading other people through it. And I'm a part of this work. And... I mean, that sort of flywheel of development that we talk about on the business side of church, like the things that you do actually are now taking this into new and bigger directions all the time. And at the same time, like it is, it is heartbreaking to be involved in the healing of the world because you stand in the places where often the world is the most broken. Mm -hmm. And so it's the most hopeful and the most... Um, and the, and the most trying in many ways. And the very best news of all of that is that 
I don't stand there alone. We don't stand there alone. And the incredible community, the incredible community of Upper South Carolina, especially um, that has walked us alongside us for many, many, many years. And we are very grateful for that. And my real hope is that the work of E equals H here in Haiti and Kenya and wherever it goes next will continue to be as much a part of the life of our diocese as uh, summer camp at Gravit and renewal of clergy vows at the cathedral and Mm. all of the amazing work that's done in our churches around the diocese in Spartanburg and Greenville and little towns that don't make the map. Mm. It is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Thanks for being with us again. We look forward to your next adventure to Ecuador, whenever that might be. And you're always welcome. Yeah, I've got a couple of kids I'm bringing next time. Perfect. Yes, please do. If you would like to be a part of Educational's Hope, please go to educationalshope.org and find the ways that you can be involved with your gifts, with your skills, with your resources, whether that's financially so we can support micro scholarships or coming on a team or coming as an intern. We're so grateful that you're a part of this journey with us. Thank you for everything you do. See you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) He wanted to say adios. So badly. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.